This is Arvette McLean and Diana Wright of Speak, The Universe Listens. We love inspiring and providing the tools needed to be your best selves, to live your best lives, and to easily create abundance in your relationships, finances, and health. Today's topic is Out With The Old, a chapter in When Black Women Speak, The Universe Listens. So... Right, when I was reading this chapter, definitely the first sentence, thoughts and beliefs and behaviors are intricately intermingled. I definitely believe that. And going through like everything that you look at, everything physical, there was a thought, a chair, a light bulb, everything there was a thought behind. And also having that creation behind it. And for me, just thinking about that where our thoughts create things within our lives, whether it's good or whether it's bad, you know, that actually happens all of the time. Now, what kind of brought you to this, this realization? Okay. So that question caught me a little bit off guard and I'm trying to think when did I first realize that? When did that come to my conscious awareness? And it really actually came to my conscious awareness. Um, I guess, I don't know the year, but I do know I had been working really, 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 really hard around the clock. Um, and I actually won a trip to, actually the trip was just to Virginia Beach, which is just down the road mm -hmm. um, pretty much. And so I won a trip and I decided to go to the bookstore to find something to read. And so when I was walking around the bookstore, a book fell off the shelf. And so when I reached down to pick the book off the shelf, it was called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. <laughs> and so I purchased that book and that book actually was, it had like examples in it. And I remember one of the ones that stood out for me, it was like a man talking about how he would always say, I would give my right arm. Cause I think his daughter, she may have had some type of liver disease or something. Mm -hmm. And I guess she was at risk of, you know, possibly dying. And she was a young, you know, she was a, still a child. And so he kept saying, I would give my right arm for her to be well. I would give my right arm for her to be well. I would give my right arm for mm -hmm. her to be well. And so um, she got well and he lost his right arm. Really? <laughs> yeah, so that was written in the book. And um, I was like, mm, it, that is so interesting. And so that's pretty much what made me start thinking down those lines of, okay, what am I saying and what am I creating? Mm -hmm. And then starting to correlate the two. Mm -hmm. um, that is definitely something that's powerful because I don't know if we always – and I'm not going to say we like speaking for everyone. I would say myself that I'm not, not always paying attention mm -hmm. to my thoughts or what I'm saying. I have to kind of like catch myself mm -hmm. in that sense, because I, don't know, I always keep going back to, you know, the road rage kind of stuff with people on the, in traffic. And I will pretty much go to the left if they go to the left. <laughs> um, and it was just today in that thought where I had to catch myself from being negative towards the other person that was either riding too close to me or cut me off. And it's just always having to remember 
what I'm saying and what I'm thinking because that could have framed my whole day. Mm -hmm. um, and when I have happy thoughts and I'm deciding how I want my day to be from that standpoint, it changes everything, mm -hmm. but that's my thought. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to say that's an easy thing because I have to constantly keep telling myself. You know, it's going to be a great day. It's a happy day. But I have to keep saying those things throughout the day. And that has to be my thought, which creates that reality for me. Mm -hmm. okay. So, and that goes into beliefs are personally, are personally held thoughts. Now, I think a lot of my beliefs and what you have written in this chapter where a lot of our beliefs are handed down to us mm -hmm. like our religion and all of those things and I look back over my childhood and I was raised by my grandmother so she had a whole lot of beliefs and things that I will challenge even today no grandma said and this is how it is and you have to just hear some of the conversations and things that um, me and my siblings talk about and um, and I still hold true to a lot of those beliefs. Mm -hmm. Some of them have changed as I have grown up and I've had more experience in the world now, but we are molded straight from the beginning. Our teachers and everybody that we're around, I think closely around. Mm -hmm. And I, the beliefs, the funny thing about beliefs, um, I'll call it the paradigm, paradox, mm -hmm. is because the closer the the more strongly held your belief is the less aware you are that you have it like you don't even see it other people might see it in you but you yourself won't even realize that you're in a particular belief and that when i was reading that i was like hmm i need to ask her you know how is that possible that this is i mean you have um this is your belief. I mean, you believe it. Can nobody break that belief? But you're blind to it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just... I mean, it's hard for me to think about. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, I see it. Because it's almost like this is just how it is. Like, in your brain, it's like, this is just how it is. Like, you don't even realize that you're sitting in a belief. Like, you just... That's just how life is. That's just the way it is. The way it is in your mind but it's in your mind okay yeah and so someone else maybe all maybe the majority of the people that you know they might believe that too mm -hmm. and so there's no one challenging that belief right um and it's interesting i think it's interesting um because today you know harry and i my husband and i were talking about something similar to that and it might be a long story, so I'm going to try to <laughs> just cut to the chase. But um, discussing my knee. So, okay. you know, you know, I've been having this ongoing issue. And um, lately it's gotten worse, <laughs> right? And so um, I was like tracing back the roots of it. And I realized that I've actually have always had knee problems ever since I was in the fourth grade. Really? Yes. And I specifically remember I was outside playing jump rope. And you know how, you know, it's two people turning the rope mm -hmm. and one person's jumping. And so I was jumping and all of the bones in my knees went. <laughs> and you could just hear it. And it was like I could not from that point lift up my leg. Right. It, I was in so much pain. 
So the children just turn the jump rope so that now I'm the person that has to turn, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, I never got another chance to jump. I always had to turn because I couldn't mm-hmm. move. And so eventually everybody went home. But I'm still standing in that space because I can't move. Mm-hmm. And my father had to actually come pick me up and take me into the house. Um, and so I remember during that time, I remember that my mom had knee issues. Both of my older brothers had knee issues. And I remember looking at all three of my brother's knees and looking at mine. And I was like, we have little knees, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so compared to the size of our legs, it's like our knees kind of indent okay. in. And I had, this, I'm noticing all this as a fourth grader, right? And so I'm like, we have little knees. And so basically what I internalized at that time was that my family has bad knees. Hmm. Well, I don't remember, I mean, you know, you've done so many marathons and how you work out every single day, but I just recalling as maybe what? maybe in the last year, maybe, maybe six months. I'm not sure that you've really been actually verbalizing that your knee has been giving you problems, but I haven't heard you say that throughout. So is it just starting to come to fruition with that? Well, or? it was a lot to that. Okay. Because, um, first of all, a lot of times I don't say. Okay. Just because I don't say don't mean <laughs> it's not. Um, but, yeah, I have not been able to run a marathon. The last marathon I did was in 2015. Mm-hmm. I trained to do 2016 and my knees wouldn't allow me to do that marathon. And so since that time, I have not done another marathon. Um, but in my brain, what I thought I was thinking, <laughs> this is what I thought I was thinking, uh-huh. um, because people would always say, you're doing all that running, you're going to damage your knees. And my brain, or what my mouth would say is, no, I'm making my knees stronger. I'm going to run until the day I die. When I'm 123, I'm still going to be running marathons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so that's the thought that I assumed that I had replaced the other thoughts with. However, I've had knee issues this whole entire time, like my whole life. (laughs) Wow, okay. (laughs) And what I um, was discussing today with Harry is that it is a family trait, right? Like, my family does have bad knees. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm a fan of Louise Hay. And she does the um, whatever your ailment is. It's, it's a thought that's behind the mm-hmm. ailment. It's a thought that's creating it. And so for the knees, it's something to the effect of fear of moving forward. Okay. And so I was like, you know what? That probably is a family thought. Fear moving forward, and I was thinking about it. It's like I said, it was a it's a long story, um, and I could probably go on and on and on. But I'm gonna just punctuate it with this: my mother and my father were medics in the military, okay. right? Um, the person I went to the doctor last week, and he was a medic in the military. He actually wasn't a doctor; he was a a PA. Um, so you know they. You know, they do mostly everything a doctor does. Um, 
So, but he was a medic in the military. And so, but what I was thinking was, my mother worked at restaurants and retail her whole life. Like, she never went into nursing. She Mm -hmm. didn't perform the duties of a doctor. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And my dad, he was an EMT for like a minute, but mostly he did construction work. If, you know, if he worked, (laughs) he did construction work. Um, so to me, that was kind of like a mental block that they both had that, um, they weren't able to do what they were trained to do. They were trained to be medical. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were trained in the medical field, but, and, and it may have been a sign of the times too, you know, I'm not discounting that. Um, but also there's a mental block in terms of what am I able to do? Mm -hmm. Um, and not being able to move past that ceiling that's, that's replaced on ourselves really. Um, and I think just in general, I think we all as people have a tendency to put ceilings and blocks on us, but our ceilings are at different places. And I feel like, um, perhaps my knee issues are indeed family issues and that family thought system is that this is as far as I can go mm-hmm. and we're holding ourselves back from what we really could be doing. That's interesting because um, jumping a little bit ahead but um, in regards to like the family traits and, and things and beliefs when if I, going back to my grandma she used to always say you know, the family had a curse, you know, when it comes to money, you know, and that was all of our belief because my brothers and sisters, they say to this day, you know, well, you know, the curse grandma grandma used to talk about and, you know, and we got a curse on the family, we need to break this and blah, 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 and all of this. And I grew up the same exact way. And, um, and we all kind of struggle financially, you know, and we all have it in the back that that's the curse. Mm-hmm. So now for me, I don't know if it's more of, I still have it. I think it's like, there is no curse. I'll tell myself that I'll write it down, <laughs> but it's like right here in my ear and I can hear my grandmother's voice. <laughs> Everything that goes wrong is the curse. And I don't know where the curse came from. <laughs> I don't know why we have the curse, but just when we were, um, when we were on a little mini vacation, all of us, that even actually came up. My brother talked about it, you know, and I heard your voice because we've had this conversation, <laughs> you know, and it was just so fun. We ain't no curse. We just, we're not disciplined enough to money. <laughs> you know, so, no, it's a curse and it's way back before you were born and blah, 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 blah. So if you focus on that, that's just, what the belief was and I don't know where my grandmother got it from you know um because my grandmother and my grandfather they didn't have no money issues you know um not compared to when they you know when they were growing up and as adults from that standpoint but it's very much how you can be affected um by what's instilled in you when you're younger and then you just carry that on um, and keep carrying it mm-hmm. on because that's ingrained. It's like the blood running through your veins. You believe it and you can't see past it. And that, that I can relate to the blind. Mm-hmm. You just don't, you can't even see it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was 
also talking today. I guess this was a we had a, me and my husband had a long conversation. And we ended up not being on time for anything we were supposed <laughs> to be doing today. But um, we talked about that as well because trying to again abbreviate the conversation. But somewhere along the way, my mouth said that I was going to attract two hundred and forty-seven million dollars, and um. I decided to, I don't know why my mouth said that, it said it, and I decided to take that on as a, a goal or a dream, and what I was saying to him today was that our vet today can't have $247 million, the, our vet that I am today can't have that, um, our, I would have to change, I have to become someone different, I have to change my belief systems in order for me to be able to receive that amount of money. So what makes you say that? Because of the, my own personal blocks beliefs. and beliefs and mm -hmm. that type of thing. And so, um, I feel like as far as the blocks that I'm aware of, that I'm consciously aware of, I feel like I've let go. I'm, I'm going to say like 85 to 95%. Of the stuff that I'm consciously aware of. Okay. So what I've asked of him is to start pointing out the things that I'm not consciously aware of. And so of course he's like, well, how would I, mm -hmm. how would I recognize them? Right. Like they're probably the same things that, you know, he, and so I was like, you know, that's a good question. How would you recognize them? Because you are that close. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, probably the best thing to do is whenever you hear me complain about something, Ask me, is there a different way I could, could conceptualize that? Hmm. That's a good thought process. Mm -hmm. Okay. I need somebody following me around <laughs> to do the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to record it on my phone and put alerts on it. <laughs> but that's good. Mm -hmm. And does that go into, you know, also in this chapter of, you know, changing your identity as far as like what you talked about, you know, out with the old in that sense of um, when you change your identity, you start loving yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you um, was loving yourself, you were able to, you loved everybody else around mm -hmm. you. That was just, I love that, you know, and I've been in that place as well as far as paying attention to myself and loving me more and everything else was just like the everything that was black and white, the colors just started to <laughs> fill in, mm -hmm. you know, when I paid no attention to myself. Mm -hmm. So that's how I looked at that. I looked at first black and white and then the colors just kind of filled in and they were beautiful, wow. you know? So that made me feel that way when I read mm -hmm. that. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, and my grandmother just is all through this chapter in the sense of when you were talking about you know, when you were traveling and your mom made all of this food, oh my goodness, I can still, and that's why I'm probably, um, I have an addiction to fried chicken to this day because you didn't go anywhere without fried chicken and ham sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so, and she would literally cook a whole ham um, and I mean, sandwich after, and it's so good. I could really even taste it today, <laughs> but really didn't realize and never asked the question, why did she do that? And now I'm pretty much understand they couldn't. And I really, I didn't realize that as a child, you know, I just thought, oh, she's so sweet. 
you know, she gonna make your food. You you're not gonna have to stop and go anywhere because you got enough chicken to feed at least twenty people. You know, and I think that's interesting, and that also goes to a belief system as well because she would not, and she was here today. You wouldn't be able to change her mind from mm-hmm. that because that was the belief. Mm-hmm. So. So uh, another um, a part of um, this chapter, and you had mentioned that you're always there, or always there for somebody else's crisis, somebody else's problems, but you weren't necessarily there for yourself or loving yourself. That is Diana capitalized, <laughs> you know, um, and it's much more rewarding for me to be there for somebody else, but I have to really force myself even to today you know I have to force myself to take care of me mm-hmm. because I'm not used to it it's not and I will go back far as looking back how I was raised my grandmother was the same way and as you can tell my grandmother raised me so she molded me pretty much to you know majority of the woman that I am today but she just gave and gave and gave and she worked and it was always for someone else and um and, and just to, you asked yourself that question, what, when you were reading the book, the Oprah's book, making the connection in the sense, what is it going to take for you to start loving yourself mm-hmm. or caring about yourself? And I never literally asked myself that question, but in a sense, it was more of, I want to love myself better. Mm-hmm. I know I deserve actual, you know, to, mm-hmm. to feel that love and you know, and it took me a long time to get there. But when I did get there, it was like, <sighs> you know, I went to, um, from not really breathing to breathing. Mm-hmm. And it is a whole, you know, all of that, you know, good feeling just kind of filled my lungs and filled my veins. Um, and it was just so amazing to see you go through that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think that that's so important to, um, first of all, learning to love yourself, like that in itself mm-hmm. is a task for many of us. Um, but then even once you learn to love yourself, then how do you care for yourself? How do you show you that you love you? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you learn to believe what you say to yourself, you know, and um, out I think I wrote in this same chapter that I would always say I was going to do this, or I was going to do mm-hmm. that, and then I would never do it. Like, I wouldn't do the things that I said I was going to do for myself. And I ended up getting frustrated with me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I gave myself a name, Arvette Amadou <laughs> McLean, because I was always going to do something and never did it. Um, but then, like, holding myself accountable, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that, so that I know that whatever I say, I can believe in it. I can count on me. If I can't count on nobody else. Our vet can count on our vet. Mm-hmm. And so I really went through the process of disciplining myself to do what I say I'm going to do for me. And that is something that um, is amazing. But that, for me, that is a constant struggle because I know I want that but it's so much easier to do for somebody else it's so much easier to this just me it's my personality that I try to change and it's like okay you really need to get some rest you know what's going to happen if you keep pushing 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 
and like no somebody will call somebody will ask diana can you do this and i'll raise my i'll do it you know and, you know and i'm tired i'll be frustrated from that standpoint and then i'll get upset with myself when i start to get sick or i'm feeling a certain way but i did it to myself mm-hmm. and um i think it's so important to take care of yourself and love yourself because for me in my belief at the end of the day you have only you to me you know in in that sense and you have got to take care of you i'm responsible for me mm-hmm. so i've got to take care of me right. but that's a battle back and forth <laughs> <laughs> it really is and um you had mentioned in regards to it's the choice that you actually make and it is a choice and that goes with our beliefs, our thought systems, everything is a choice that we make and we create our own reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, I think that's um, such an important thing to reiterate is that we are choosing in every moment. Mm -hmm. We're not realizing that we're choosing in every moment, but we are. And when we start bringing that to our conscious awareness, then we can make better choices um, and not keep making the same Same choice over and over again. And then not moving our lives forward in the way that we would want to move them, but not quite sure why. Mm-hmm. But it's because we're making the same choices mm-hmm. over and over again. Um, but that's all tied into our belief. We have this, this, this is our belief. And because we believe this, then this is how we behave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like a train, you know how the train to stop on the track that'll go forward. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you're looking at it, it's going uh-huh. back. <laughs> It'll go forward, it'll go slow, it'll go fast. So, you know, sometimes the points in my life, I'm, I'm doing that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I guess now I'm backing up, mm-hmm. you know. And that's kind of been a cycle, mm-hmm. you know. In order to change that within myself and just reading through in the sense of changing my identity. And that is, like, really powerful. I'm like, she changed her whole entire identity, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm like, hmm. You know, so it's definitely a lot of points just really hit me with this chapter. So thank you. Well, you're so welcome. Thank (laughs) you for saying that. And I'm going to end this with reading the actual last sentence of the chapter. And it says, what if by simply interrupting our current beliefs, we could replace them with beliefs that bring us more love, more joy, better health, better relationships, and the financial freedom to dream and create our biggest dreams. What if? Until next time, this is our vet. This is Diana. Bye. Bye. And by the way, I have a free gift for you. Check out my website at www.arvetmclean.com. That's A-R-V as in Victor, A-T-M-C-C-L-A-I-N-E. for your free gift and to find more goodies to help you create the life that you would absolutely love.